0: Wa ala Amma Baad. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the twenty-third of January in the year two thousand and twenty-four. Alhamdulillah. I spent the session last night highlighting some of the more important characteristics in the believer's life and we mentioned humility but the last thing i mentioned was the various reports in which our beloved messenger forbade us from emulating the shaitan i.e in eating drinking yawning and even sneezing and then i mentioned that whatever shaitan does harms the individual so in a report, Sayyidina Anas, radiallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Three people must not be respected. Firstly, the one who openly sins. Secondly, the one who is a slave to his desires. And thirdly, a tyrannical king. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Qanzil Umar, number 43,905. So what did our beloved Messenger mean when he said, you must not respect these three people, meaning they don't deserve your respect and even you can mention their crime to warn others because they're openly sinning. So the first is the one who openly sins. How great a crime is this? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said that Allah the Almighty and Glorious He will not forgive the open sinner. Mm. <laughs> this is in Sayyid Bukhari. <coughs> Why? Because sinning is bad enough. But to do it openly that's defiance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you encourage others. So some of the common failings which is you know you see all over obviously the sins of the tongue bite biting but also some of the other things which people suddenly are smoking they smoke openly so what did the Prophet ﷺ say Allah will not forgive an open sinner why because if you do it openly you're defying the command openly in front of everybody there's no hijab between you and the sin so here the Prophet ﷺ said the one who openly sins do not respect them meaning warn people about them Secondly, the one who is a slave to his desires. So in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Who can be more astray than the one who takes his Hawa as his God? Mm. Who can be more astray than the one who makes his Hawa or takes his Hawa as his God? Meaning, you should be doing everything in your means to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a Muslim. Mm. But that is now redirected to your Hawa. You'll do everything to fulfill your Hawa. So haven't you taken that as your God? This is what the Quran is saying. That what you're doing to fulfill your unlawful desire has become an object of worship. This is why Isa wasallam he said that the prostitute is the idol of the one who Goes to her. Why? Because that's where you are fulfilling your unlawful desires. And look what people do to acquire this. So the second, the Prophet goes, don't respect them either. And the third, of course, is a tyrannical king. An unjust ruler. Of course, you can speak against him and his injustices. The believers must be people of determination sayed that ana suradi and the list of beloved message said sura alawli said three people deserve the severe wrath of allah subhanahu wa taala the first the one who eats although he is not hungry the one the one who sleeps though he is not tired the one and the one who laughs though there is no reason to laugh This is recorded in Qanzul Umar, number 43,932. Now think about that. Would you consider that even to be a sin? Mm -hmm. Somebody goes, this person eats, he's just got a habit of eating and he's not even hungry. Most of us would consider that, well, that's a bad thing. But would you call it something serious in the sight of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? I would say no. Mm -hmm. But what does the revelation say? They deserve the severe wrath of Allah, subhanahu wa Mm ta'ala. Secondly, the one who sleeps though he's not tired, and the one who laughs and there's no reason to laugh. Mm-hmm. So, what is the common theme between all three? The believer does things out of necessity, mm-hmm. determination, mm-hmm. so he eats when he's hungry. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's another report in Ganzul um, Omar where the Prophet said that. Four, he said, four things weaken your Iman. Overeating, oversleeping, laziness. And the fourth he mentioned was weakness of Iman. Because these four things harm the belief. Overeating, oversleeping, laziness, and weakness of Iman. So note again, overeating. Why? Because the point of eating is to keep yourself upright, and sprung to worship. Well, how strange that you got an entire society and that's all they think about. The stomach and the private pot. <laughs> you look at all these programs that come on, cookery programs. How many more? <laughs> how many more, you ever think about it, you know, why are you worshiping food? Secondly, the one who sleeps though, is not tired. He weakens your Iman, the Prophet said, that Allah <laughs> Why? Because you're wasting your life. You know, the elders would say tongue-in-cheek, you get enough time to rest in the grave. <coughs> Why are you resting here? <laughs> the angel says, sleep in the grave. <laughs> we're sleeping here, as if you've already gone to paradise, And of course, the one who laughs, on, there's no reason to laugh. So Lord, the believer, his trait is, he does things with determination, with, you know, his purpose. He has, you know, he's focused upon things. The following tragic symptoms are widely also manifest throughout the Muslim world. Sayyidina ibn Atah, our beloved Messenger, said, On the day of resurrection, the most despised in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will be those people who are liars and boastful at the same time. They who bear a heavy malice for their brothers but meet them very cheerfully. Also those people who when invited to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, وسلم, become lazy. But who when they are invited to the shaitan and to devilish work, they become swift and energetic. This is in Qanzul Umar number 43,975. So these are the despicable ones in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, liars And they're boastful. To lie is bad enough. But then to boast how noble you are, how great you are, obviously that person is despicable. (laughs) Secondly, those who in their hearts have great malice to their brothers, you know, they look down upon them. But outwardly, they're smiling at them. Allah Allah despises those. (laughs) And thirdly, those when it comes to goodness, i.e knowledge deeds they're very lazy but when it comes to shaitanic work they've got all the energy in the world Allat allah despises them <coughs> and this is what shaykh hamza mentions shaykh hamza he mentioned that the people of fitna become very energetic when there's fitness <laughs> and you see it you know dead as a doornail but as soon as something happens, they're out there on the streets. Whoa, we're going to, you know. you play a fajr? Right? You go, oh, what are you talking about, brother? La ilaha illallah. Amerika tu Allah, Right? You know, slogan, burning floods. Miss Zor. <laughs> right? Do a Miss Asr. Right? So who are these people? <laughs> the Prophet said, the despicable ones. <laughs> Satanic work, full of energy. You know, where's the energy come from? <laughs> And when you tell them to, you know, learn their D, oh brother, I'm very busy and that, you know. Oh, well, we went on a bloody march of the day. You made, you made time for that, right? Mm-hmm. I said, that's going to make a big difference in the world. <laughs> right? So again, there you go. So these are signs. So when you look at the Muslim world, this is the last place you should see these signs. And be honest, what I've mentioned those four, which one have you not observed? <laughs> they speakable in the sight of Allah, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Mm-hmm. How and that's also Hassan Al Basri, He said he saw some people and they were debating, and he was looking at them. And then he said, "Shall I tell you why these people are debating?" So he goes, "Please tell us." He goes, "They become bored of worship." Very interesting statement. What does that mean? <laughs> it means they haven't got their priorities sorted. <laughs> Worship is the most important thing in the believer's life. Debate is something futile. Very, very little goodness, if anything, in that. So, Arsenal, al-Bashri goes, they just, you know, they're inverted. They're upside down. They've got their priorities messed up. And Debate's another classic. You know, it's people just jump in. Look at, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, preacher's corner? Speakers. Speaker's corner, right? Speaker's corner. You see him lurking about. Oh, hey, and you look at these guys, they, you know, why is he so energetic? Who is this guy in the background? Mm-hmm. We're open down like that, you're thinking, where is he getting that energy from? Mm. And if you look at his physical state, you're thinking, I think he's got diabetes, right? But he's got so much energy, mashallah, you know, for what? right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, one brother was like encouraging another, and this, this guy starts putting microphones on him. And, he, and then the the one who's talking he gives a really bad look to that brother <laughs> As if to say you know what are you doing you you making me lose my chain of thought you know he's doing you know, he's talking to a christian I think trying to convince him about, look, you know why are you worshipping a man and he's getting to a crucial point next minute this hand comes out nowhere think where are these who are these guys you know the guys out with a banner you know what's he doing stuff <laughs> How pertinent were the words of Abu Darda? Now think about this. Abu Darda, Hakim al-Ummat. What did he say? People used to be leaves without thorns. But today there are thorns without leaves. If you leave them alone, they will not leave you alone. If you criticize them, they will certainly criticize you. This is recorded in Imam Malik's Muwatta, Imam Muhammad's Muwatta, number 978. Look at the beautiful way he described it. He goes, people used to be leaves without thorns. What does that mean? Full of benefit, no harm. Leaves bring nothing but benefit. Is there any harm from leaves? I can't think of any harm from leaves. You know, even the way that Allah Ta'ala has designed it, in oxygen, this, that. People make things out of it, cushions, etc., etc. Any harm from leaves? No. What about thorns? You know. He goes, thorns is, well, I don't know, you know, it's just, it seems to get stuck everywhere. People used to be leaves without thorns. But then he said, today there are thorns without leaves. Now, what shocked me was, this was the Tabiin era. So, the sahabah were talking about, talking about the era of the Tabiin. What did he say? He goes, this is an era of thorns without leaves. Now, why was Abu Dada getting upset? Because he was seeing these people who are these bad signs. And he goes, look. He goes, you're supposed to be people who are helpful, benefiting others, not harming people. Then he said, if you leave them alone, meaning just keep away from them. They won't leave you alone. And it's true. You know, even the shayukh who don't even go on the platforms, people slandering them. You know, only the other day I had somebody say, Oh, a Sheikh Nukh why mention Shaykh Nuh? You know, he's not been seen public, you know, in a talk for so many years, and he with Sheikh Nuh? And he starts oh, well, why you, saying, why, why are you mentioning him? He goes, because well, he, he doesn't come out, does he? Mm-hmm. And I feel well, like you know, only Shayateen in the world, he's talking about scholar." Mm-hmm. And then he goes, if you criticize them, meaning they provoke you, and eventually you say, look, you shouldn't be doing this. They come back ten times worse on you. Mm-hmm. And all of this are notice now on the social media. Shaitan is making you know he's playing with them. Instead of using that platform to get the message across, they're all calling each other deviants. You noticed. And if you look at the views, where are the most liked or numerous views? It's on those in which you're wasting your time. Right? You know fifty thousand people. This chef said, this chef is a deviant. And yet, when you get those productive talks, how many views do you get? <laughs> People are interested. Why? Because they got the illness. What did I say? When they invite you to Allah, Allah and his messenger, they become lazy. Oh, yeah. It's a two-hour talk. Who didn't listen to that? Ten-minute bakwas, put it on, put it on. Right? Energy comes, you know, mashallah, satanic. Mm-hmm. If only the Muslims could abide by the following three easy guidelines. So think about it. Mm -hmm. Make effort in these three areas. Mm -hmm. Abu Sa'id al Khudri, our beloved Messenger said, He who consumes the halal Mm -hmm. abides by my sunnah, and people are safe from his mischief, will enter paradise. The companions looked at each other in amazement because Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is many of such people in your ummah today. Mm-hmm. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Wa fi qawmin and it will also be the case in the people after me. Mm-hmm. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Hakim Sahih Ibn Abi Dunya, Number Twenty-Eight. So look how simple our Deen is. Simple. We make it complicated. Mm-hmm. The Prophet sallallahu said, you have these three traits, you will go to paradise. Mm-hmm. You consume the halal. We haven't got a choice in that. It's not like, well, uh, okay, I'll work on it. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to keep away from the halal. So that shouldn't be a straightforward tick. Abides by my sunnah. You're thinking, okay, I'll get uh, Yeah, I want to get the sunnah into my life. And if the sunnah I haven't got into my life, I grieve. Another tick. But then you go, hang on a eh? Do Muslims abide by the sunnah? And you get a lot just fascinated by innovations. Can't get enough of it. The Shaykh had a dream. And he said, if you do this 10,000 times, you'll get this and that. And it becomes like viral on the social media. What's this? He one of the Shaykh had a dream. Right, like, which Shaykh? What's the dream? Right? He goes, yeah, he the special zikr. Abide by the sunnah. Second. And thirdly, people are safe from your mischief. If you have those qualities, paradise. The Sahaba thought, you know, this is what, why was amusing. That to us takes some effort. To the Sahaba, it was like, you know, the basics, they thought, yes, everybody's doing this. The Prophet ﷺ said, so will it be in the future. So, when look at the fitna and fasad the world over, always remember those three things. Consume the halal, abide by the sunnah, and keep people safe, don't harm people. And Rasulullah, Rasulullah's words are final. Had not our beloved messenger famously said, messenger famously said Allah will help, the servant, just as long as the servant helps his brother. Subhanallah. This is in Sahih Muslim, Nasai Abu Dawud ibn Ibn Imajah Hakim Sahih, Targheem number 633. So this is one of the ways Allah Taala deals with his servants, one of the sunnats of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you help your brother, Allah Taala will help you. So think about that. That's our mindset. Do we help our brothers? Or do we harm them? and do we get pleasure from harming them? So if you benefit your brothers, Allah will help you. Because he will keep on helping you. For example, there was a Sheikh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Baz, rahmatullah, who was the Grand Mufti of the Hijaz. He, this person, wanted to enroll in the university, in Al-Madinah. But he didn't have the the means. You know, something there was something he needed, he needed help. So somebody gave him the number of Sheikh bin Baz. So the he was thinking, he goes, of asked him, he goes, ask him. Anyway, he phones him. He explains the situation. And he says, I'll see what I can do. When he put the phone down, shortly thereafter he got enrolled. <laughs> so the person was overjoyed, he thought, subhanallah, he goes, the shaykh, you know, he must have pulled some strings. He phones him back, and then he said to the shaykh, he goes, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. And then he quoted this very hadith to him. He goes, wallahu <laughs> fi al-abdi ma al-abdu fi akhi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes and helping the servant just as long as the servant helps his brother. When the Shaykh heard this, he wept. <laughs> Think about that. Right? Even though he was the Mufti. And this was a student. In other words, what he was saying was, well, I can't thank you. But Allah has promised through the lips of his message that he will help the one who helps his brother. Because you helped me. In other words, Allah will certainly help you. And the Shaykh wept. Now think about that so was it a burden for the shaykh to go out of his way to help this youngster no he wanted allah to, allah to help him so when somebody comes and he needs assistance that's like allah, allah sending a telegram to you would you like me to help you and which one of us will look at the telegram and say well not today Ya
1: allah.
0: i'm a bit busy what would you say to that person you lost the plot <laughs> When you get that telegram, you know, it's not a question. You know, you say, of course I need your help. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get it, by helping your brothers. Mm-hmm. The Prophet goes, Allah will help you. Mm-hmm. But, where is this trade? Mm-hmm. One of the points of tabliq is iklami muslimin. Mm-hmm. I.e. to honor your brothers. Mm-hmm. And the law of the tabliq is just it's like tape. Mm-hmm. Tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Iklami muslimin. Okay, where is it then? Where is it, Ikram? Right? Why is that a point that the Shaykh devised? Because this is what brings the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, Abu Darda, he said something very interesting. He goes, Subhanallah, sometimes a believer is forgiven in his bed. So somebody looked at him and he thought, hey, Did I hear right? So he asked him, He goes, Oh, companion of the Prophet. Did you say that a believer gets forgiven in his bed when he's sleeping? He goes, yes. He goes, how does he get forgiven? He goes, oh, because a brother is offering tahajjud and he remembers it. And Allah accepts his dua. So what was Abu Dallah really saying? What he was saying was, who are the ones who offer tahajjud? The pious. And who do they make dua for? The ones who help them. And what w- do they offer taajid? Well if they're not offering tajid do I mean mechanics, right? You know who's offering tajit? It's gonna be the righteous. So what is it worth for you to get a du'a from a tahajidi? And the amazing thing is you might have you know done not much done not nothing much during the day, have a cracking sleep and you don't even realize that Allah has forgiven you. So Abu Dalla smiled at that. In other words to think because look, he goes, you know, be wise. Unfortunately, people are always, No, 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 no. They think, look, it's all for me. I'm benefiting myself. I'm not benefiting anybody else. Astaghfirullah. Also, our beloved Messenger said, if you want to succeed what you intend for yourself, you must not disclose your needs to others. Thus, assist yourself by not disclosing your needs. This is in Tabarani, in Iskabir, Kabir, Behaki, in his al Iman, Abu Na'im, Al-Hilya, Ibn Adith. So what does this mean? So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Do you want to succeed? Of course we do. He goes, you must not disclose your needs to others. Because don't ask anybody. Don't do it. Assist yourself by not disclosing your needs. So, it doesn't matter what we understand, this is truth. The Prophet said it. So, now, how do you understand this? First of all, is it wrong to ask somebody for help? No, you're not sinful. But is that the better course? Right? And the response is no. Because, why isn't it? Because the Prophet told us. You assist yourself, you help yourself by not disclosing your needs. So, let me explain this partially. There was a companion called Amr ibn al As, and he goes, I'm always happy. Somebody looked at him thought, Maybe. He goes, Aren't you going to ask me why? He goes, Why? He says, I don't share my secrets. So this guy still beholds and he goes why does that make you happy? He goes because if I don't share my secrets then I haven't burdened somebody else with it who then exposes it and then grief reaches me. Mm. So I'm always happy. <laughs> so is that normal speech? Look at the saaba, right? They knew how to look after themselves. So what was Ammar ibn al-Az really saying? Assist yourself by not disclosing your needs, even a secret he didn't want to tell anybody. And look how pure he was; he didn't say. You know, for example, if I share something with uh, Brother Bilal, it's a secret. And Bilal, you know, due to some weakness or another, some it's it, you know he slips it out, and I hear it that, you know my secrets. So what would my reaction be? I go straight to Bilal. Bilal, what the hell? He goes, I, t- I I shared it, and you you've told everybody. Umar ibn Allah said, No. If I share a secret and the person then discloses it, I've only got myself to blame. I'm going to blame him. How pure is that? You was not blaming my brother. He goes, You know, I put a burden upon him. I couldn't keep it a secret to my own self. If anybody's to blame, it's me. Why did he have that mindset? Because this is the sunnah. Assist yourself by not disclosing your needs. Now, look how beautiful it is. There's two types of miskeen. Hmm. Faqeer, miskeen, faqeer. The Quranic descriptions differ. Hmm. One of them is the one who begs openly. Hmm. The other is the one who doesn't. Hmm. Allah has g- given him a special maqam. Hmm. Why? Because he's telling you, go and find those who don't ask. Hmm. They're in need. So the question that goes to your mind is, why are they asking? Because they're Muslims. You've got a high level of iman yeah. because I don't get it, right? Because you're doing debates and you're marching and you're burning flags, <laughs> right? You know, learning a deen, <laughs> they don't disclose their needs. <laughs> so Allah, Allah himself intervenes, he goes, Find them. <laughs> and you notice people like that, you think, hey, How could nobody knew about this brother? <laughs> because he's a normal person. <laughs> But, is there anything wrong with asking? No, like I keep saying. That's why the Quran was given to them as well. So why is that important? Because they're helping themselves. That's what the whole point is. They're helping themselves. And also, who do you want to give to? If you had a choice, and you see one who's begging every other minute, and you get another one, then he's never begged. And you think, he's just as destitute. Who would you give to? Your heart goes straight to the second one, thinking, I'll definitely give to him because he's another level, this one. He's not even mentioning his needs subhanallah so note here this is important that we don't we strive to get these qualities into our lives and also it's thought you know the same principle is found in ruqya Rukya is when somebody does a you know an incantation lawful which is fine but if you ask for it you are now of a lower level of iman But if somebody just gives it to you, fantastic. Never ask for it. So when you're in hospital and somebody goes, can I do rukiyam here?" See, if you want to, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. But if you say to that person, you don't need rukiyam, no problem. Mm -hmm. But your Iman is weak. Mm -hmm. Same principle, why? Mm -hmm. Assist yourself by not disclosing your needs. Mm -hmm. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa (laughs) ta'ala. But the beautiful thing is, Allah Allah has catered for the different levels. Mm You understand? He doesn't expect that from everybody. But you should strive to get up there with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in one last report, our deen is one of ease. Those ones should not go to extremes otherwise you will destroy yourself. A fight which the Prophet highlighted many times but to mention one, sallallahu alayhi wa in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 20,347, al and forty-seven, Al-Haythami in Majma' az zawaid volume 3, page 308 to 10, stated Sayyidina Mihjan Ibn Al-Adra, he relates, Rasulullah once entered the masjid to see a man standing in salah. He ﷺ asked, do you think he's truthful? Who's praying? So they said, Ya Rasulullah this is so and so. He is the best of the residents of Medina. He is the most frequent in offering salah. The Prophet said, Do not let him hear you lest you ruin him. He said this two or three times. Do not let him hear you lest you ruin him. You are indeed a blessed and most fortunate ummah from whom ease is desired. Look how beautiful the report. So there's a sahabah plank. So the Prophet sees him and look at the question he asked, you know, Is he truthful? <laughs> so the sahabah they goes, he's the one of the best of Al Madina, because he he's the most frequent in Salat Ya Rasulullah. In other words, do you know something about him? That we don't. The Prophet said, Don't let him hear this, you'll ruin him. Then what did he say? This is for us. You are a fortunate ummah from whom ease is desired. desired. Meaning, you don't have to be that hard upon yourself. Allah will give you paradise easily. Look how beautiful. He pointed that man out, saying, is he truthful? Meaning he has to be careful because he's another level. And he might start looking down on others. Is he truthful? So the sahaba said, "He's, he's one of the best of us, ya Rasulullah. The Prophet goes, don't tell him that. If you ruin him, he goes just keep it, you know, away from his knowledge. But then he says, "Allah wants ease for your, for you." Meaning, don't no, you don't need to go to extremes. Huh? And what happens? We burden ourselves. You know, it's just our fault. Huh? Look, how many times have you start, stop, start? You know, how many deeds? I'm for it, but I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm going for it all the way. Then what happens to your uh, eagerness? Yeah, brother, got a bit weak. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Stop, start, right? Yeah meaning you have no need of going to such extremes in worship neither should a person be praised for this rather a balanced path is more deserving the prophet said the best part of your deen is the easiest the best part of your deen is the easiest in imam Ahmuz musnad number Mm 18976 and isn't that true if somebody goes how do you get a paradise (laughs) I just mentioned three. <laughs> you go to three space, you go to paradise. The prophet said it. <laughs> what about that man who came to the Prophet class and asked him about the pillars? He goes, "Do I need to do anything else? No. Do I need to do anything else? No. And he goes, I'm not going to do anything else." He walks away, and then the prophet him said, you, "If he's truthful, you're seeing a man of paradise." So what would that man say? "I'm only going to do my father." So imagine somebody comes, Fajr only business father, nothing else. Zawat, only business father. <laughs> That's what he does. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. No sunnat, no witr, no nafal. no ishrak, no chasht, no tajit. We get home under the khabi, you know it's oh, right it's alright. How do you buy it? Ramadan comes, fasts, does you want to know about fasting after that. What? Mondays and Thursdays, good for you, mate. Right? Arafat, good for you, mate. Zul Hijjah, good for you, mate. He's thinking, like, on the color? Oh, right? Don't hear about it. Mm. Right? another person, give his zakat, don't give, no. After mm. that, mm. no. Mm. Brother, you should give, should you? Good for you, man. You give it. Mm. <laughs> Would you think this person is going to paradise? Hajj, that's it. I'm not really Hajj again. That's how easy it is. <laughs> but the Prophet goes, if he's truthful, meaning he has to do that. <laughs> We add many things because we think we're more pious. Okay. No, hang on, brother. he got to pray with her. he got to pray with her. Yeah. And if he think, right? He's got to do two the sun al-fajr. Yeah. Fasting, come on, brother. You know, at least uh, fast one extra fast every year. <laughs> what about sadaka? Oh, come on, give me a bit of sadaka, ain't it, brother. <laughs> right? Well, you can add that if you want. <laughs> the Prophet said, the best part of your deen is the easiest. <laughs> the best part, these other parts, but that's the best part. I doesn't want much from this." And don't forget, you can't impress him with your deeds. Uh, MashaAllah, how are you trying to impress? You might impress me. Mm-hmm. Trying to impress the one who can't be impressed. Subhanahu wa So, mm-hmm. so note again here. And all of this falls under the umbrella of character, mm-hmm. Meaning, understand how to be successful. And the Prophet gave us the guidelines graciously, said Allah. Mm-hmm. Are there any questions سبحان ابي حمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك اللهم لا حول ولا قوه الا بالله سبحان ربي كبير عز وجل المرسلين الحمد لله رب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الانسان الذي يخسر اننا نعمل وامل الصراط المستقيم والسلام